So, uh, you got anything good planned for Wednesday, Abe? Well, funny you should, uh, should mention it, Tim. Looking forward to Humane in Sydney. Actually, when I say looking forward to Humane, it's going to be absolutely fascinating, like drinking from a fire hydrant, I think. Yes, yes. Well, um, Humane is in Surrey Hills this Wednesday afternoon, H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U for last minute tickets. Amongst the things you'll be able to see, uh, uh, Abe, you'll be presenting in our, uh, in, in our uh, Upfront showcase of your uh, latest thinking, but that's, uh, that's one of many things. It is. There's uh, some folks from Adobe. And who else do we have on the build, Tim? Uh, look, we have... Um, one of the things we've, we've been emphasising is is brands actually doing things in the space. So we're talking to people like uh, Optus, uh, Afterpay, uh, Mutinex have been doing some really interesting things in the technology space, um, as have BRX as well. Many, many interesting brands. The key thing is to actually come along and find out from people who are actually doing this stuff already. So that's Humane, H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U. Hopefully see you there. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, Tony Abbott, the podcast. A new future for Domains Real Estate Publishing in Melbourne. And Threads triggers the Twitter exodus. It's Monday, July 10. I'm Abe Udy, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. How are you? I'm good. Um, Actually, I knew you would ask me what I got up to on the weekend. Thanks for not asking. Um, (laughs) Was playing Lego with the kids and and ended up watching a bit of Lego Masters on catch-up on Nine Now. And it got me thinking, I wonder how long these shows live on for and what the data and the stats are for people like me and my family watching it long after the show's aired. Yes, you know, it's well, it's funny because we are beginning to see a little bit more evidence from that, from the whole, um, you know, this total TV number that Oztam have moved across. That's tended to focus on the, the seven-day and 28-day numbers. But, yeah, there's definitely... A long tail for these things so mm. so yeah and that and that i suppose the really interesting question is is does some of this content become evergreen mm. and then uh, of course at some point i'm not saying necessarily that we'll we'll see a lego masters channel because i don't think there's enough content but you know we've talked before about uh, what paramount are doing with pluto tv where effectively it just creates channels and channels of content. So, you know, no doubt there will be a Neighbours channel. Uh, there's, you know, a Home and Away channel for 7 Plus, etc. But this is channel play, play stuff where, you know, it's a bit like um, the difference between lean forward or lean backwards. The, I, the idea is people just go to one of those channels. Samsung TV are already doing that. That's the free kind of TV subscription that you get with your Samsung device. I've got a Mythbusters channel. I saw they had a Party of Five channel and a bunch of where there's evergreen content. They'll just play an episode, come back in 30 seconds, play the next episode. Look, it really is. It's an interesting model because, of course, it means that uh, it's inventory that you can kind of create from the advertising point of view. I think it's going to be a really big new revenue channel for the for the for the 
the broadcasters. I think, by the way, we'll actually see Pluto TV launch properly in Australia really soon. Credit to Dan Barrett from Always Be Watching. He wrote about that the other day, and he actually spotted the beginnings of Pluto TV Australia, sort of various... Um, he, he must have been looking at the app via an, um, uh, VPN or something, So because it already exists in other markets, but he'd seen evidence of an Australian launch quite uh, quite quickly. But, um, but yeah, some... But no, I think the reason I didn't ask about your weekend was because I basically didn't have one. I've just been in the air for what feels like forever, Abe. And, and you know what, Abe? I know I don't sound it, but I'm in a bad mood. Oh, dear. I woke up this morning and I had just enough time. I got into my hotel, having travelled from the UK. Arrived, finally checked in about 10 o'clock last night. Got my coffee machine set up. Just had time to set up the script. And it's a new hotel, and I suspect I'm the first person to use this coffee machine. We've just dumped the entire reservoir of scalding hot water everywhere without a drop of coffee coming out the other end. And then I had to start recording. So, Abe, I have travelled thousands of kilometres and I have not had a cup of coffee. So uh, we're going to have to see how this goes over the next 30 minutes or so. Well, let's see if we can change your mood from uh, being a bad one as we talk about news this morning of a new media venture for Tony Abbott with a podcast alongside his former chief of staff, Peter Credlin. What do we know about this, Tim? And will it change your mood? <laughs> well, look, this, this, this one we read about in a couple of the papers, but the, I suppose the official version is in The Australian, which has got the chat with Tony Abbott and um, his former chief of staff, Petter Credlin. So, um, yeah, they're going to be doing a podcast. Now, according to The Australian, it's uh, fortnightly. Now, I... I'm slightly in two minds because I actually think Peter Credlin is is a good broadcaster. She obviously does a, does a lot for Sky News. Good writer. She she writes for um, like Sky News, the News Corp aligned um, Sunday Telegraph. So where she's at her best is when she really analyses the how the sausage is made of politics. You know, and I and I think that's the fascinating thing that she potentially brings to it is the understanding the machinations rather than the actual talking about the policy policies themselves which obviously you know there's there are plenty of people do that and that's the that's the question i've got about this is will it be two more uh people with a view about politics banging on about politics or will they bring some clever insight to it so that that, for me, is the big question of what they'll do that's different. There have been other political podcasts in Australia that have, have launched successfully, Tim. Yeah, the, the the one that comes to mind is probably Christopher Pines, who uh, left, left, left politics, um, you know, kind of in, 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 in plenty of good time to, to reinvent himself, and some people leave it a bit late. If I have a sort of... Um, uh, um, slight hesitation whether to label his um, his actual podcast as politics though is it's a bit more interview based you know and he has sort of series of interviewees and it, it's more kind of seasonal than episodic so you know they'll effectively I think probably record seasons at once so he's not updated since I think May 
Um, so I think um, you know the, one of the more recent ones was interview with Waleed Ali, for instance. So so always you know personality based interviews. But um, Malcolm Turnbull did his defending democracy podcast. Um, but I tell you, for me, there is a gap in the podcast market in Australia for something which is regular. Now whether the Abbott Credlin one of fortnightly is regular enough to tick that box I don't know but the best example I can think of is, is there's an excellent podcast out of the UK called The Rest is Politics and I think one of the things that makes that so powerful is it's is two presenters come from both sides of politics. So Alastair Campbell was famously the head of communications or spin doctor for Tony Blair. Um, you know, he's kind of, if you remember the BBC sitcom, um, The Thick of It, uh, very much the, the angry spin doctor is kind of based on um, uh, Alastair Campbell. Um, but then from the other side, um, a former conservative politician called Rory Stewart. And they... Um, that they go at least weekly and sometimes more often when interesting things are happening and really analyse what was actually going on behind the scenes and the machinations. So that that feels like a gap that's still there in Australia um, rather than just talking about the politics. So so I'm not sure that Abbott and Credlin will, will fill that gap, um, but we shall see. Up next, a reboot for Domain's print operation in Melbourne. Tim, news in the age and the SMH this morning of a rethink of Domain's Melbourne print titles with a new partnership with Broadsheet. Yeah, I must admit, I'm kind of intrigued by this just because of what it says about the cycles of media. Um, Everything old is new and more to the point this time, um, everything new becomes old. So um, you'll recall that um, I wrote a book back in 2020 and early 2021 and I actually used as my prologue um, one of the kind of key moments of the launch of what was then the weekly review, which was the publication done out of Melbourne by Anthony Catalano. And it was uh, a real estate rival to take away some of Fairfax's then very lucrative print revenues from real estate. So it was kind of in in, in direct opposition. And that, that was the making of Anthony Catalano's fortune because he eventually sold this publication um, or half of it and then the whole thing into um, what was then Fairfax and, and, and later became... Uh, you know the the, the organisation, the, the merged organisation that we now know just as nine, and it was um, you know that 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 publication played such a key part because the the kind of the energy of Catalano coming back arguably was what helped turn Domain into a powerhouse, which Nine was then able to spin off and launch separately on the ASX, although it still owns, I think, about just under 60% of of Domain. And I think without that, A, Fairfax as it was in the Fairfax newspapers wouldn't have survived just commercially. Um, And B, you know, we wouldn't see the strength of of Nine that we, we do now. Yeah, so we've now got to that point where... You know, we've gone from the new thing to the established thing to the old thing, which is is the the, the story we see in the age today, which um, reveals that um, 
Domain had actually been thinking about closing um, review because, um, or domain review as it, it as it had been known, because um, it had already gone down to just um, just two editions from a, I think it was about nine editions at one stage. Um, as you know, even real estate advertisers don't aren't necessarily as willing to to be in print, and certainly the kind of the lifestyle advertisers you want to have alongside them. So um, they're handing some of the car keys over to Broadsheet, um, which will be providing a lot of the, 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 the content going forward. Broadsheet in independent ownership. So it's a way of keeping review going um, and quite, a, quite, an, quite, quite an interesting sort of collaboration there. Broadsheet has a history of collaborating with the bigger publishers, doesn't it, Tim? Yeah, it does. It's something we, 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 we've seen Broadsheet do a lot from The Guardian, for instance. If you look at The Guardian, you'll sometimes see Broadsheet content kind of flagged up on the homepage of it. And um, we, we actually see The Guardian sales team. There was, there, there was a deal announced a couple couple of years back, maybe, maybe even just last year, of um, the Guardian sales team representing um, Broadsheet in some um, of the kind of states outside of the major states of uh, Victoria and New South Wales. So, so yes, yeah, so, so Broadsheet as an independent is quite clever at finding ways of working with the bigger players. So, yeah, this is a really interesting deal. Up next, a week in, and how is Threads performing against Twitter? Mark Zuckerberg's latest invention is a direct competitor to Twitter, Threads. Tim, what is the Threads experience like and what is it offering that Twitter isn't? Yeah, the funny thing about Threads is it already feels in some ways like it's been around forever. Um, And I think it was um, Australian time probably just... And I'm trying to work out because for me in the UK it was Thursday... Um, so I guess it was probably getting on for Friday Australian time by by, by, by the time it launched. Anyway, um, yeah, this is the text-based uh, version of um, a social network platform um, to, for, that sits for Meta alongside, obviously, Facebook and Instagram and, you know, Meta owns WhatsApp as well. Um, is it a separate app, Tim? It is, yeah. It's spun out of Instagram, but although it's a separate app, all of your Instagram contacts can be ported across. So, right. so from that point of view, it's 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 for all those people who got a bit annoyed or found Instagram a bit fiddly when you actually want to share something text based. So you mm. have to kind of create an image of the words and then put it in and put those you know annoying messages saying you know link in profile and all of those things. So it it it, it ticks that box. Um, but you know, something I wrote about in Best of the Week at the weekend was was my sense that um, that it stands a better chance than many other alternatives which have launched recently. Um, you, you know, in part because of that that network effect of being part of the bigger Meta family. But don't you think many people, especially those in the media industry, are still going to be using and posting on Twitter? I mean, really, Twitter is is a place where those in media hang out and and have conversations what purpose does thread serve them yeah look that's the key question i think um if there hadn't been so many unforced mistakes from twitter over the last 
a uh, few months since Elon Lu- e- Elon Lust Elon Musk. I don't know where that came from, but let's leave that in. Um, since Elon Musk came along, um, then you know, which which has begun to I think drive some people off the platform. Not not least, obviously, getting rid of kind of the verification or the meaning of the blue ticks. Then then there wouldn't have been the opportunity. But I do think there probably is an appetite to go somewhere else. But the problem is everyone's got to agree where the new party is now. Threads potentially has a better chance, but equally it could have been Blue Sky, could have been Mastodon. You know, neither ones of those those have made it. There's another one called Post out there, which is more kind of news friendly as well. Um, so I yeah, I've been playing with it a bit, um, and I, I I I guess you know if we talk about the kind of the journalists and publishers, you know, one of the reasons they're there is sometimes it can drive traffic back to them, and the algorithms don't like giving away traffic these days they prefer to keep it within the network so we'll have to see whether that's a driver or not um but yeah look i i i think they've done it well it's very stripped back there's lots it can't do yet you can't even like you know there isn't like sort of even private messaging yet you know there is no inbox for instance you've still got to do that through instagram for instance so it's very very simple there are no ads on it yet so it's not a complete product but it's got the potential to be, I think, in a way that some others haven't. I was going to ask about ads. I'll admit I haven't gotten into Twitter. There's only so many social kind of networks I can handle, and I've kind of got yeah a couple, and that's about my limit. Uh, I haven't used Twitter. Is Twitter? It is. It does have advertising. One would think that that's how Elon's hoping to make his money. Yeah, yeah. Look, it does. I mean, you know, one of the issues for Twitter is a, a lot of the advertisers were were driven away by some of the wilder things, you know, because all of a sudden it was a a less friendly or safe environment for advertisers because most of the Twitter um, moderation team was was fired fairly early on in Elon Musk's kind of reign, you know, in a a kind of bid to save money. So that, you know, you, you, you see some really irrelevant ads on Twitter now, you know, because the people who are remaining tend to be on the uh, on the small side, although funnily enough, I actually, literally just this morning before we were recording, I just saw an ad for uh, Seven Sunrise. So they're giving it a roll, and, and bizarrely enough, it was in the most brand unfriendly of environments. It's um, there's a scandal breaking in the um, in the UK at the moment about a, a a BBC television presenter who's not been named, and there's a huge guessing game going on on social media, including on Twitter, and there are some really uh, wild defamatory accusations being um, made about this person who, you know, despite the fact that they've not officially been named, you can very easily find out their name on Twitter. And um, when you read about this person and the allegations, you'll read it next to an ad for Sunrise. It just, it'll be interesting to see whether the relevant ads eventually, once Threads is monetized with advertising, how relevant they will be as well, because sometimes ads can feel very spammy on on social social media. For me, anyway, the kind of ads that I see are, are certainly not always for big brands. So that'll be one that's quite interesting to watch. Yeah, I think you're right, and that, and I think the issue with with the jarringness of ads is obviously an ad that's relevant to us as a consumer. We almost don't even consciously become aware we're being advertised to if it's giving us interesting information and that was the great promise of retargeting now obviously it's a promise that's been very much broken but um overall i guess i'd still rather see an ad that's relevant to me than an ad that's not 
Well, that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And uh, uh, Tim, we'll make sure he has a coffee before he reads your email so he won't be too grumpy. And we'll be back tomorrow with Tuesdata and we look at how the ABC is travelling in Canberra. Don't forget, if you'd like to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. And we'll see you at Humane on Wednesday. Toodle pet. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.